Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi everyone, welcome to Downstairs History. On the podcast today, we've got Sir Ridley Scott. He's 83 years old. He's got more energy. He's busier. He's got more game than you and me put together. That's depressing, but true. He directed Alien, Blade Runner, Thelma and Louise, Gladiator, Black Hawk Down, The Martian. The guy is a card-carrying legend. He's been nominated for three Academy Awards. Just this year, he's released just the two films, The Last Jewel and House of Gucci. He was born in 1987 in South Shields in County Durham, And now he's one of the most famous and celebrated directors of our era. It's a huge, huge excitement to have Ridley Scott on the podcast. If you have a certain age, and that age is around 42, 43, Gladiator was a big part of your formative years. That's all. That's just a fact. And as I was watching it for the second time in a day, back in 1999, I never thought that one day I'd get a chance to interview Ridley Scott and ask him a few questions, exchange a bit of banter. But now I have. And it was worth the wait. That 20-year-old Dan would not be disappointed. That 20-year-old Dan would also be very grateful to you guys because without all of you listening to this, I would not be in this position at all. Ridley's team would have looked at it and discarded it. Yes, they would have done. Instead, he came on his trip podcast. What can I say? And that's all thanks to all of you folks for listening. Big thank you to everyone who subscribed. Lots of you took advantage of the Black Friday offer and subscribed. So we've got record numbers of people subscribing at the moment. We've got big plans for next year. A huge thank you to everyone. If you want to subscribe, you can still do so. Go to historyhit.tv. You get the world's best history channel. You also get all these podcasts without the ads. And I met a guy. I met a guy. He might be listening to this exact podcast. I met a guy a couple of days ago, and he said to me that he quite likes the ads because when the ads come on, he listens to the podcast in the bath, and when the ad comes on, he tops up the hot water. That's what he says. So I guess that's good. Just... uh don't tell the advertisers, all right? But if you want it without the ads, you go to historyhit.tv and you sign up there and you can join us for the adventure in 2022. It's going to be fun. In the meantime, though, everyone, speaking of adventures, here is Ridley Scott. Let me ask you, are you in a fucking car? Are you in a cab? Yes. Yes, I am in a car. It's a long story. Uh, I'm in the I'm in a car in the car park of a an ocean survival training centre because I'm going on an exciting history expedition and I've got to learn how to get into a life raft. Really? Yes. Yeah. No, I'm freezing my little backside off out here. But um, obviously, I got to I got to get some privacy because I'm talking to Ridley Scott. So I'm in I'm in the back of a car. Ridley, thank you very much for coming on the pod. 
Thank you for asking me. Never thought you'd ask me. Well, what can I say, man? Looks like you finally made the grade. Anyway, let's talk about this Gucci film. It's so rich. It's so spectacular. You went to Italy. You went in style. It looks like you had, it felt like you had a great time. Um, you know, that said, I enjoy it all. That's why I still keep doing it. And, you know, I feel very privileged to be able to still do it. And, and fortunately, I'm well enough and fit enough to keep going. So, and to me, you, doing my job, you've got to embrace stress. If you don't like stress, don't do my job. Yeah, yeah, I can believe it. I mean, did it, did it feel different making this movie? I mean, you went full, you went full Italy. You're Al Pacino. You got Lady Gaga, two classic Italian-Americans. The fashion, the operatic soundtrack. Did it feel different? Well, you know, I, I usually get pretty good cast. And, and, and whenever you're going into any subject new, you have no idea of course, where it's going to go. And when on this one, because they're two very tricky characters to cast, because of the scale of the budget, cannot naturally be anybody other than probably, unless this sounds terrible, but probably an American actor or certainly a top English actor to support the budget, right? So uh, I had already working with Adam Driver on The Last Duel. And from that, I, while we we're making the last two, I said, Adam, I have a very good piece of material that you should read because you may want to consider it. And he was surprised. I was asking because we hadn't finished the other one first, but I need to get there quick because these guys get snapped up. Then, of course, when I'd seen the um, Gaga or Stefania do uh, the Star is Born, when I, I knew I was already prepping were writing Gucci at that point. I was thinking that could be her. If she goes for it, that's her. So when we got the script, which I thought was honestly good enough to show, I sent it to her. That's it. So, you, you know, it's like putting your money on black. You're going to go for that and hope that they say yes. And that's, that's what happened. Once you get those two, then I can go to Al Pacino, say, oh, can you, will you play Aldo? And you just spread it around and ask them. That's all I do. But it was so, it just felt so Italian. I mean, the performative smoking. Those guys give like a masterclass in smoking. But yeah, it was, it was everything about the film. You just seem to embrace it. Well, I mean, not only that, you're jumping into a period that we all probably adore as the 80s. And I mean, I had a, I've always had a good time, you know. So, and sometimes my good times have been too good. So I've actually had to rein in often. So I've had an interesting time. So I, I'm a student of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. So I knew exactly what to do and where it was. So it was like digging out old memories and actually putting them on screen. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and then there was the, I loved the contemporary soundtrack alongside the opera. It was the clothes, it was the drinking, it was the cast. Hang on a minute. Also, it was the sex scene, Ridley. I mean, that was an intense sex scene. There were, there were lads on stag nights. There were, there were rugby players running out of the cinema, covering their eyes, shrieking. I haven't to watch that sexy. Oh, well, I, I, not only that, I think um, I planned the sexy. You mean the one in the trailer? In her father's office. Yeah. yeah. So the I said to her, um, this is going to go, this is where you two really come together. And I think Mauricio Gucci was probably a 21, a virgin. And she was not a virgin. She was, you know, it was a girl about town. I don't mean she was extreme way, but she was, you know, she'd been around, had a few boyfriends. And so in a way, 
I think the first initial attraction by Mauricio to her would be the fact she was so attractive and would be the fact that she was a kind of free spirit, which meant she was pretty free with her sex with him. So, and I, I love the sex scene because when it evolved and it went on for about, I think a couple of minutes, but as I was watching it, I think it was actually, should be, it's opera. So I put on Puccini, so this, on the sex scene, it becomes almost comical, and then it becomes satirical. And I, I think then you segue into church music, or sex to marriage, of course, and then you get church music, which is the preamble for George Michael's thing, so you got to have faith. So I thought that was a perfect union of music and picture. Yeah, I loved it. And as so often, you know, passionate sex to marriage, to deep unhappiness, and uh, harboring murderous thoughts. There you go. That's the trajectory right there. But why this film, Ridley? How do you choose? How on earth do you, Ridley Scott, choose what you're going to make your next film about? Well, first of all, I thought it was a kind of interesting, classy drama, because if you want to parallel it in any paralleling with a 15th century, 16th century family, like the Borgias or the Medici. Same thing. There's self-destruct from the inside out. They turn themselves inside out and couldn't agree about anything and got destructive and murderous. And you, you find it hard to believe that could happen in the 20, 20th century. And by God, it did. She lost it because she could not realize the murder occurred six years after the divorce. So she carried the, a, the hatred of how he'd actually destroyed the family business. It's not her business, it's, and it wasn't hers to own, but she felt it was her life and her business and her daughter's life and business that he'd destroyed and, and they'd lost it. So it, it was retribution. And it was extraordinary that she must have been obsessed, obsessive. I'm amazed. I, I'm sure he did have her warned for harassment many, many times. You listen to Dan Snow's History here. Talking to Ridley Scott. More coming up. What did Tudor men like their women to look like? They should have broad shoulders, fleshy arms, fleshy legs and broad hips. What did 17th century Londoners think of coffee? A syrup of soot and the essence of old shoes. And what did executioners wear? A lot of these guys, they were clothes horses because it's a big public spectacle. All the eyes are on you. I'm Professor Susanna Lipscomb, and in my podcast, Not Just the Tudors, we talk about everything from monasteries to the Medici, sex to spying, wardrobes to witch trials. Not, in other words, just the Tudors, but most definitely also the Tudors. Subscribe from History Hit, wherever you get your podcasts. Have you ever wondered if the Hanging Gardens of Babylon were actually real? Or what made Alexander so great? Join me, Tristan Hughes, twice a week, every week on the Ancients from History hit, where I'm joined by leading academics, best-selling authors, and world-class archaeologists to shine a light on some of ancient history's most fascinating questions, like who built Stonehenge and why? What are the Dead Sea Scrolls and why are they so valuable? And were the Spartan warriors really as formidable as the history books say? 
Join me, Tristan Hughes, twice a week, every week on the Ancients from History hit, wherever you get your podcasts. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Ridley, I think people listening to this podcast will obviously be a big fan of your science fiction, big fan of all your movies, but the history in particular is something that, that people will be so familiar with, whether it's Robin Hood or Gladiator, the seminal film of my student days. We used to watch a lot of Gladiator when I was at university. How do you choose a, a period, a story? How is your eye drawn to things? Well, it can be modern. I mean, Blackhawk was something interesting. Uh, Hannibal was something interesting. I, people forget there's a good film called Black Rain, which was done in uh, Japan. Uh, Thelma Louise was interesting. I think they've all got uh, subtext of scale. And the Thelma Louise was a subtext of scale and the rights, righteousness of women and how, you know, it was a very early Me Too statement, right? There's always a, a, a central fuse in the middle of all my movies which are worth exploring and and so it doesn't necessarily have to be about anything my people say what's your plan and i said my plan is there is no plan i tend to be like a child in a cot staring at the next toy thinking oh that's nice it's a nice glittering red ball and i'll go for the red ball and so when you've got a film like robin hood or, or black hawk down or gladiator which which kind of depicts events from history or history adjacent What's your relationship like with history? What's your relationship like with the historical advisors? If they do, do you do you listen to them? Do you want to stay as close as possible to the original the, the story, or do you jettison it? Go look, it's too boring. I'm taking the story in a different direction. No, I think first thing is you get the history right. You get the history credible, credible, and so even on the Roman epic, um, I tend to be again like a kid. I tend to look at picture books rather than reading pages of text. I'll look at a picture because I'm very visually dri driven and, and visually oriented of a good piece of research information, which mostly is a lot of uh, from paintings with history, normally looking at painting, uh, particularly Bonaparte's history is covered brilliantly with many, many, many great painters. And the paintings are so interesting in terms of how each person and character in them are are captured they're clearly accurate 
So uh, the uh, Napoleon is so easy to research because you've got a mass of information. The Roman Empire, also you've got a lot of information from history, from statues, from, I found all of Commodus' armor from a statue of a Roman emperor. Uh, in fact, it was Commodus in this elaborate armor we, from that janty took that armor and created that armor. So you look at the real thing, and then from there you then start to evolve the story because I think in terms of human behavior, people don't change that much. It, the, the big footnote on that is we simply aren't, we, we forget historical lessons we've learned and we keep repeating bad behavior. So we don't learn by history at all, which is shocking. The clothes change, the weapons change, we don't learn shit. So you mentioned Napoleon. I'm thinking immediately of David's uh, painting of him crossing the Alps on, on his rearing up horse. Is that what you're doing? Are, are you are you the modern version of David? Except your except your paintings move and and talk and and last for hours. Well, no, no. I mean, I I think if I wasn't doing this, I'd be a painter. Um, I'd be, I frankly, I'd be a painter or an architect. I'm a pretty good designer, and so. Uh, you know, it's it's all art, and I happen to, to evolved, you know, well into the, the moving art form. But from moving art form, all my research is done from books, from every whatever source, don't matter. And I can, fortunately, I can really draw because of a very prolonged period at art school. I was four years provincial art school and three years at the Royal College, seven years doctor's training, so I can really draw. So I plan the films, I draw them on paper. As we do it right now, I've been doing a doodle. See that? Can you see that? No. I, I doodle, I do lots of telephone doodles while I'm talking, and I, I draw all the time. It's, 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 a, it's an, a knee-jerk thing. So when I'm reading a script, I'm constantly seeing it in my head, and then I'll draw it afterwards. From that, that will become an instruction sheet in picture form, so a storyboard can be almost two inches thick for a film. Actually, just to come back to the Gucci film for a second, it must be different. Is it different when there's people still alive today in your films, that the history that you're portraying is so recent? There'd be people alive who are depicted in that film who might watch it. That, that is always a, a degree of respect, if you can, to bear in mind that thing. I've always thought that every time they do the Kennedy assassination, I thought it was a kind of pretty insensitive because he was such a political savior and a political hope and a political hero. But when the Gucci, when you murder your husband and you go to prison for tax evasion, I'm sorry, you're public domain. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're, you're public domain at that point. Tell me, what's next? What's the big story that you have yet to tell? Well, I think it's been done many, many times. I was a big cowboy fan because I learned to ride early on. And so I was obsessed with wanting to be a cowboy. And I've never got to that. I'd love to do it. And what the film I'm obsessed by, well, it's, with all its inaccuracies, is based on a very good book by Alan LeMay called The Searchers. And, of course, it's a big film in American culture and history with John Wayne. And what's interesting about it is it, it touches, it, the entire story is about the apartheid, the fact that the girl is taken by the American Indians Therefore, he's going to go after the girl. His intention is to then kill the girl because she's been with an Indian. So I think that was a, carries a marvelous 
edge to the cultural idea of the West. Because if you do the West, if you do a cowboy, to me, it should always be about man against the wilderness. I think when the West was fought and won, people were fighting the wilderness as well as the people who didn't like us there. And the people who didn't like us, they were dead, right? Because we we're going to fuck them up. So you've got a very powerful choice as to ha- what that story will be. There's a character I love uh, who is a great Indian scout who's called Kit Carson. And Carson in National Park, now there's a Kit Carson National Park, which is thousands of acres of marvelous pine forest. And he was a guy who, you know, began as a scout and an Indian fighter, then eventually fought to save the Indian culture and tried to make, as it were, their adjustment to where they were going to get put in the best possible way. So I like that idea of the thing that that we did to the American Indian was just as bad as you can possibly imagine. And I want to like to get that as the subject of the movie. What about the Second World War? Your, your dad was in uh, the Royal Engineers, I think. You have Merchant Navy connections. I've, I've got Merchant Navy connections as well. We all, I guess we all, we're all still living in the shadow of that war. What does that war mean to you? And you, are you interested in, in working with the Second World War? Well, I'm doing, funny if yeah, we're doing something right now, which is about the Battle of Britain. I mean, a lot of stuff like that is done, and I think it should never be forgotten. So, and, and therefore, if it's repeated, God bless you, because we should never, ever forget. I'm a war baby. So I sat and got bombed every night in the Blitz because we were in London. And uh, in London, we, my mum would take us, we'd sit under the stairs because we got a direct hit and make cocoa and sing Old MacDonald out of fun. That was it. And it was like uh, in the morning, there'd be two houses missing on the street. And, uh, you know, Mrs. Roberts got hit and, Mr. Smith got hit. And so then I went, I was in standing on a troop ship in Germany in 1947 with a little ma- gas mask, a label in case I got lost. I was being sent from to the Hook of Holland to be met by my father's drive. My dad was a high up in the army, and I was sent over there with my elder brother. And we went to Germany. I lived in Germany during 1947 52. 47 that's 18 months after the war after war, and then I was right there at 52 when we returned to England. And I think it, by being there and moving around in the schools, we I was so backward academically, but those are the days where parents would go, you'll be fine, you'll catch up. And of course, there's no way you're going to catch up. So I was academically really backward when I can't return to England. Don't beat yourself up about it, man. You, you, can, still, you can still do something with your life. Yeah. No, what? I could draw. The one thing I could do was really draw. That's that's my saviour. Are you getting better as a director as you get older? Now you've got all this experience under your belt. Yeah, you do. You do. Yeah, well, not so much necessarily better. I think you do. I think you refine process. You make decisions faster. I'm very, I mean, I did Gucci in 42 days and we're $5 million under budget. Under. I'm Lightning Lopez. That's amazing. I mean, because that looks like a that looks like a long film to make in a huge variety of locations and textures and places and people. Now, there's a lot of naval studying in this business, and I think half of it comes because they don't know what they're doing. 
You know exactly what you're doing, Ridley. Thanks so much for coming on. Everyone go and check out Gucci. It's a great film. Great. Oh, bless you. Take, keep doing it. Okay. Thanks, man. And you. And you. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. I feel we had the history upon our shoulders. All this tradition of ours, our school history, our songs, this part of the history of our country, all were gone and finished. Thanks, folks, for listening to this episode of Dance Notes History. As I say all the time, I love doing these podcasts. They are the best thing I do professionally. I feel very lucky to have you listening to them. If you fancied giving them a rating and review, obviously the best rating review possible would be ideal. It makes a big difference to us. I know it's a pain, but we'd really, really be grateful. And if you want to listen to the other podcasts in our ever-increasing stable, don't forget we've got Susanna Lipscomb with Not Just the Tudors. That's flying high in the charts. We've got our Medieval podcast, Gone Medieval, with the brilliant Matt Lewis and Kat Jarman. We've got The Ancients with our very own Tristan Hughes. And we've got Warfare as well, dealing with all things military. Please go and check those out wherever you get your pods. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dan Snow's History. Please follow this show wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps us and you'll be doing us a big favour. Don't forget you can also listen to all of these podcasts ad-free and watch hundreds of TV documentaries when you subscribe at historyhit.com slash subscribe. As a special gift, you can also get your first three months for just £1 a month when you use code DANSNOW at checkout.